Welcome to Causing the Effect, where we will connect and change the mind and body. Yo, 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 what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Causing the Effect. I am your host, Scott Cazzoli. I hope everyone's doing well this week. Gloomy week here in New York City. And what is it? September? September 24th. Coming at you Thursday morning. You guys will be hearing this in about a couple hours or so. All good. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, you know, first things first, thank you so much for just allowing me to share and serve a little bit of knowledge with you. Please leave a, you know, a like, review, subscribe on you know, all these different platforms, I'm going to stop naming them, but Apple Podcasts and Spotify seem to be the top two. Really appreciate the, you know, the support. Um, thank you guys. Seriously, all the nice reviews. It does mean a lot. I got to get over these negative reviews, but that's my own problem. Uh, I'm going to do an episode on this. <laughs> uh, so what's been going on? We are ha- doing so much stuff, man, for this podcast. I'm loving it. Uh, we're going to have... So next week on Monday's episode, we are going to hit um, that stage fright that I've been talking about um, trying to overcome. I'm going to start doing shows in October. Um, and then the week after that, we're going to have author Gregory B. Davis come on, the author of uh, the book Fight or Flight. Shout out to Big Gregory. Thank you. Marielle, his manager. Shout out to them. They are, they've been fantastic. Um, and I'm, we're going to do it in deep dive. I have a lot of questions to ask him about his book, but for now today, we're going to hit the the nutritional side. Um, this is something I started just thinking about actually when uh, our friend Rachel came on the podcast and it just hit me when she was saying, you know, you are what you eat. What you eat. And, uh, you know, I've been off a little bit. I think we've all been this year and I've just been trying to pinpoint what could I change a little bit. And uh, I was going through, you know, the... Uh, my diet's been steady, but just the days I miss, I've been really off. So I was just kind of, today we're going to talk about really how foods affect your moods and uh, what it does to your brain, what it does to the functions in your intestines and, and all this stuff, which is, it's really phenomenal stuff. So, you know, to, to start, uh, we, we all have, uh, you know, different feelings about this topic, right? Is it nonsense? You know, Scott, what does that mean? You, you are what you eat. Um, it's, it's, it, to me, it, it seems pretty straightforward. It kind of makes sense that, you know, if your brain is, de- uh, deprived of this good quality nutrition or free radicals, um, you can end up going down kind of a, a moody path where you end up feeling bad for yourself. And I always thought that was connected to my connection with food of being a former fat kid and, you know, kind of feeling bad for yourself. But it actually turns out that there's, you know, foods truly affect how you eat on a biological level. So there's, so there's uh, serotonin, which we know by listening to this podcast that it's a neurotransmitter that it really helps regulate sleep and appetite, um, mediate moods. It's the, the happy, um, neurotransmitter. This is, you know, when you eat a Mickey D's Big Mac, that delicious chemical taste that just hits so good though, right? Um, so 95% of the, of your, of the serotonin that you produce is actually in your gastrointestinal tract, which is so surprising to me. And your gastrointestinal tract is lined with these, uh, hundred million nerve cells or neurons. So it, it, 
is the inner workings of that digestive system that help you digest food, but those are so closely connected. Uh, tied to, you know, your emotions. So that was um, very interesting to see on my end. So the function of these neurons and the production of these neurotransmitters like serotonin is highly influenced by <clears throat> uh, bacteria that, that make up this intestinal uh, microbiome. So there's good bacteria, there's bad bacteria. This bacteria plays an essential role in your health. So they protect the lining of your intestines, they ensure that there's a strong barrier against toxins and this bad bacteria. They also limit that inflammation for our athletes out there and um, they improve how you will absorb nutrients from food. So there's been multiple studies done um, regarding the connection between, you know, what you eat um, and how it makes you feel, right? So um, serotonin actually could be found in some foods that, you know, it was just interesting to me and my friend were eating some some fish and was like, oh, this is making us feel happy. And, and in clams, oysters, escargot, octopus, squids, there's a ton of, of serotonin that could be transferred, which is was interesting. Um, and the synthesis of serotonin in the brain is limited by the availability of its uh, precursor. This is um, tri- tritophan. So this is a large amino acid that kind of is like a transport carrier across the, the blood brain barrier and that the, tr- the transportation of this of these particular um, acids is proportional to the ratio of its concentration to that of uh, the sum total of those large amino acids. So, you know, eating foods high in protein increases the amount of these amino acids in the blood and in the gut. So by having a high dose protein diet, it could potentially, um, you know, make you happier. So there has been some studies um done, multiple studies done, that have compared traditional diets such as the Mediterranean diet and this uh, the traditional um, Eastern diet, the Japanese diet, to a typical Western diet. And it, it actually sh- showed that people on uh, the Western diet, that's us, uh, have shown the risk of depression is 25 to 35% higher than to those who eat the I guess the, you know, the, the less processed um, diets. Scientists account this difference because, you know, these traditional diets such, and again, traditional being not the, the Western kind of diets, um, they tend to be high in vegetables, fruits, and most importantly, um, unprocessed grains. So, the, you know, the key here is to, to avoid the processed and refined foods and sugars, which are kind of staples of this diet. So that was very, you know, it was very um, eye-opening to me that even, you know, because I'm I'm more of like a cheat guy, I'll do something once or twice a week. I really, that next day I am miserable. And it's probably part emotional, but obviously it's going to be, um, you know, part kind of, what's the right word? It's going to be, it's going to fuck you up basically. Um, so, you know, a, a better diet is going to help, but you have to remember that's only one part of this, of, of the, of the, the plate, right? It's important, um, that we have to have exercise with this, but again, we're going to focus on the, the food piece. So, um, the, the potential of increased carbs, right? 
um, that this has been discussed. They, they did a um, study in 1999, Benton and Donahue, two um, psychoanalysts, found that only a, uh, a protein content of less than 2% of a meal favored the rise in serotonin levels. So foods high in carbohydrates, such as bread, potatoes, contain 15 and 10% of calories, respectively. This is why um, you get that carb craving, right? Um, and people, you know, they think that these foods are high in carbohydrates because of their sweets, of the sweet taste, but most of these calories actually come from fat and contain enough protein to undermine any kind of, uh, of, of carbohydrates. So, you know, there's, um, some things we can do to combat this, but it really is a, uh, a very factual statement that you are what you eat. And, you know, we're going to, when we get to the end of this, I'm going to break down some of the, the best things to eat for you. But um, you have to look at your your brain and your, and your gut like a car, right? If, if you're not getting the um, this premium food, the premium fuel, we'll say, you know, eating these high-quality foods that contain these vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants that nourish your brain and protect this kind of oxidative stress, right? Um, so the, the key is to kind of stay away from the waste and be, you know, functioning highly on your brain. So this, this, all this information was, it was a gut check for me because I've always looked at it more of like, oh, calories in, calories out. I just want to look sexy and, you know, be aesthetically pleasing and not really thinking about, oh, well, just maybe eating chicken and rice is not the best, um, think here and on top of that adding those refined carbs once a week you know added sugar and that junk food and you know even um you know like juices and and just anything that gets that blood sugar really does strongly um affect that mood so for example um you know nutrients serve as these the building blocks for serotonin and dopamine so that if there's different each nutrient that comes from a food has a different impact on your mood so, for example, um, if you've if you eat uh, a lot of carbs in women, it's it's been um, and these are again these are just um, I have a couple of uh, of uh, meta analysis in front of me here, but it shows that it shows uh, if you had a carb there, it produces a sense of calm. Protein will actually enhance alertness, boost motivation. Um, Vitamin A impacts learning and memory development, which was pretty, that's pretty interesting. And you could find those in, you know, sweet potatoes and spinach, carrots, all that good stuff. Um, you know, B12, that's something that we've always pushed on this um, podcast. I love it. Uh, that regulates your mood, controls your emotions and your energy. So that's pretty, pretty good stuff here. So I'm going to give you a couple of the, what I think are the most important healthy foods that could boost your mood. Uh, I mentioned fish earlier, fatty fish, because they have those uh, omega-3 fatty acids. That's a group of, of essential fats that you really have to obtain through your diet. Uh, your body can't produce these unless you have those fish oils, but salmon, tuna, white fish, there's a lot um, of studies that were done that linked these to lower levels of depression and mood. So make sure you have those um, fatty fishes in you. Chocolate. Now, chocolate is an interesting, interesting food, right? Because it's always been, it was always kind of brought up um, when we were talking about um, 
chocolate is, it's sugar, right? But it could improve your mood because it's actually a quick source of fuel for your brain. So, you know, you want to stick to that dark chocolate. That's why, you know, the higher, um, stay away from that milk chocolate. Um, but the, the higher levels of it uh, have health promoting, they call them flavonoids, which have been showed to kind of increase the blood flow to your brain and reduce inflammation. That's always why chocolate ends up being one of the high, uh, one of the, the highest things to kind of get foods to, to be, uh, addicted to the, uh, another one that I, I keep coming across was bananas. Um, they're high in that vitamin B6 and provide a, um, you know, it's like a sugar, but it's good sugar. So it's released slowly into your bloodstream, allowing for stable blood sugar levels to really kind of take off. Um, so, and again, these are natural sugars. This isn't anything bad that you're having. Oats is another one that I always thought were like a negative thing. And every time I've been, I've been trying to have them every morning or at night, um, to kind of mix it up, but they provide great sources of, where's this here? Where is this here? Blood sugar levels. Yeah, I can't find my oats here. I'm just not writing that one down. We'll skip that. Uh, berries. Berries are, are a great one. Um, you know, eating more fruits and veggies has been linked in all these studies to a lower rate of depression. You know, berries pack, obviously, antioxidants, um, particularly phenolic compounds. These play um, a key role in that, you know, just releasing the oxidative stress. And they also are... Uh, have these disease-fighting neurons called anthocyanins that lower your risk of depression as well. So, uh, coffee, I was surprised to see this, but listen, man, who doesn't love some coffee? My whole family's addicted to coffee. That's that caffeine, baby. Um, a study in 72 people found that both caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee significantly improve your mood compared with, you know, just a placebo uh, beverage. And coffee, uh, besides the caffeine, Coffee contains uh, chlorogenic acid. This has been scientifically proven to to boost your your, your mood as well. You know the the, the bottom line here is uh, if you know if you're feeling down, you just got to take a look at what you're eating because it could connect. And obviously, there's there's a lot of different reasons why people could be upset. But you know, I'm trying just to look at stuff from more of a, a higher level. And just if I could tweak one thing, there's ripple effects that 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 go ahead. So even though I enjoy having my sugar rushes, I enjoy having that car brush when I get that pizza in me, there's negative consequences as well. Um, yeah, we'll cut that there. Thank you guys so much for, uh, for listening to this one. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, get ready for next week's episode where we're going to again be doing stage fright on Monday, followed up with, um, you know, author Greg Davis again next Monday. Um, please leave a like review, subscribe, Thank you guys so much. Stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.